Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the History of Middle Earth podcast, where we dive deep into the histories of Middle Earth. My name is Phil, and I will be your guide for today's adventure back to Middle Earth. Today's episode is brought to you by Amanda Peter Zykowski. To start us off today, we're going to be going over the next couple weeks in Middle Earth history. This coming Friday, the 18th, is when Gandalf escapes from Orthanc after being captured by Saruman. Sunday the 20th in 2941 is when the White Council assaults Dol Guldur. The 21st is when Bilbo and the dwarves make their escape from Mirkwood. Coming back to 3018, that same day is when Gandalf makes, meets Shadowfax. On the 22nd, Thorn and company reach Lake Town. And a while later is a long expected party because it's Bilbo and Frodo's birthday. And on that same day in 3082, Sam leaves for the Grey Havens. Alright, now for the main topic. We will be going over the Mines of Moria. I was going to go over Rivendell, but decided to save that for the Hobbit episodes, since we will spend some time there there as well. Uh, so we're going to skip ahead just slightly and dive into the Mines. Khazad-dûm, or more commonly known as Moria, was the most expansive and most famous of the homes of the dwarves. The thriving dwarvish community thrived there for thousands of years, which created the greatest city ever known. Khazad-dûm was roughly in the middle of the Misty Mountains, tunneled and carved through the living rock of the mountains themselves. By the time of the Second Age, a traveler could pass completely through the mountain from west to the east, or vice versa. It was founded in very ancient days by Durand, who awoke at Mount Gundabad in the Misty Mountains. He came upon the valley Azanulbizar, beneath the mountains. He looked into the shimmering lake and saw a crown of stars reflecting in its waters. He named that lake Keled's Zaram, the Mirror Mare and it remained a revered place among dwarves of all houses ever thereafter. Durin Stone was erected in the location of that event as well. There in the caves above, Durin and his people started the delving and building of the great gates of Khazad-dûm, and the first hall leading to the bridge over a chasm. From there began the expansion, both to levels above and to deeps below and mines expanding out from the inhabited areas of the city proper. As the centuries passed, the realm of Durin became the greatest of all their mansions, and became famous even to the distant west, including the elves of Beleriand. Durin the Deathless died before the end of the First Age, and was buried in a tomb in Khazad-dûm, and his descendants continued to rule. After the end of the First Age, the power... Quote, After the end of the First Age, the power and wealth of Khazad-dûm was much increased, for it was enriched by many people and much lore and craft. End quote. Appendix A. In 40 of the Second Age, after Beleriand was destroyed by the War of Wrath, most, most of the dwarves of Nogrod and Belagost began leaving in mass from their now-ruined cities for Khazad-dûm. 
The city was enriched, not just in numbers, but in the western house's skills in smithing, crafting, and masonry. All these factors created a renaissance for Khazadum and brought its prosperity to its peak. Khazadum had expanded so much that it completely traversed the mountains from east to west, ending to the west rocky cliffs at their base, the Wall of Moria, Narvi, with Aregian's ruler, Celebrimbor, constructed the magical west gate of Moria, Athildin, out of Mithril. The friendship of Khazadum and Aregian came to a sudden end, however, in the Second Age, 1697, when Sauron overran the country of the elves. Durin's warriors withdrew from the gates, and they shut them against Sauron, also secluding the kingdom off from the outside world. It was also during this time that the orcs reinvaded the mountains and made war on the dwarves, taking Mount Gundbad from the kingdom of Durin. Most of its great wealth was based in, on the rare mithril that was found in its mines, and as the centuries passed, the dwarves mined deeper and deeper for the precious metal. The wealth of Moria was not in gold or jewels, but Mithril. Bilbo had a shirt of Mithril rings that Thorin gave him. Oh, that was a kingly gift! Yes! I never told him, but its worth was greater than the value of the Shire. In the early Second Age, the dwarves hit a seam containing a substance that was completely unknown to them. They found it to be as light as a feather and as hard as dragon scales. It could be beaten like copper, but would turn any blade. In the year Third Age, 1980, their deep digging unleashed a terror, a Balrog from the Elder Days, that wrecked dreadful destruction, and in slaying King Durin VI became known as Durin's Bane. In the following year, Durin's son, Nain I, was also lost, and the dwarves fled their ancient home. After millennia, as one of the richest cities in the Middle-earth, Khazadum stood dark and empty but for the brooding menace the dwarves had released. In that time, it was given a new name, Moria, the Black Pit. The monster, a Belrog of Morgoth, was later, as was later known, lurked alone in Moria for nearly 500 years. After that time, around TA 2480, orcs made secret strongholds in the mountains and Sauron started to populate the old city of Khazadum with his creatures. Orcs from the north began to enter the abandoned city to raid its treasuries and occupy it. They also began to worship the Balrog as their deity. Though the orcs' numbers were greatly reduced in the Battle of Nanduhirian, fought in the valley beneath Moria's east gate in 2799, the Balrog could not be bested, and Khazadum remained a place of darkness. At some point between 2845 and 2950, the wizard Gandalf entered the city looking for Thrain II, who had disappeared on journey to Erebor. In 2989, there was an attempt by the Longbeards to reclaim their ancient home. 
The expedition was led by Balin, who had accompanied Bilbo Baggins on the quest of Erebor. He led a colony of dwarves there from Erebor. The colony was successful at first, killing a considerable number of orcs, taking many of the eastern halls, and finding many lost treasures, such as Durin's axe. They were, however, defeated and slain by the orcs in 2994. Possibly at some point after this, Aragorn, chieftain of the Dúnedain, entered Moria for some unknown purpose, most likely for his hunt for Gollum. When Frodo Baggins set out from Rivendell with the Fellowship, they at first planned to travel over the Misty Mountains. When they were stopped by heavy snow on Mount Caradhras, they found themselves pursued by wolves and orcs and fled into Moria, so as to go under the mountain. There, they found Balin's journal in the book of Mazarbul and learned the fate of his expedition. They were then set upon by a host of trolls and orcs, and they discovered that the tear was, in fact, a Balrog of Morgoth. Gandalf fought the Balrog on a narrow bridge and succeeded in destroying a section of the bridge to make the Balrog fall. As it fell, the Balrog snagged Gandalf's leg with its whip and pulled him after him sending both of them plunging into the abyss. The rest of the Fellowship managed to escape Moria and reach Lorien mostly unharmed. Unknown to the Fellowship, both Gandalf and the Balrog survived the fall and fought a ferocious battle from the depths of Moria to the mountains above, demolishing the top of the legendary Endless Stair and that part of the surrounding mountain peak in the process. Gandalf cast down the Belrog upon the mountainside and lived just long enough to see it die, but his story was not yet ended. While Gandalf had defeated the Belrog, Moria remained a place of evil creatures until the Fourth Age. Though little information is given, the retaking of Khazad-dûm by Durin VII seemed to have occurred during the Fourth Age. He became king of Durin's folk and led a final return to the city. He was successful and long after the War of the Ring, the dwarves of Durin's line reclaimed their inheritance, and the hammers rang again in their great halls beneath the misty mountains until the race of dwarves ended. Khazad-dûm was a huge array of chambers, passages, mines, halls, stores, and pits. In general, areas were either classed as mines or city. The mines were working sections of Khazad-dûm, while the city was area of habitation. The city areas of Khazad-dûm were clustered primarily to the east, and those were the oldest parts of the kingdom and had access to the great gates. They were structured into seven levels and seven deeps. The levels stretched above the gate, while the deeps were set deeper within the mountain below the level of the east gate. It is possible that the first level, on which the great gates were set, and the first deep were highly intertwined. The eastern section of the city spaces had also been delved in such a manner as to have light shafts to illuminate their chambers. One example of this is the chamber of Mazarbul, which was located on the eastern edge of the seventh level. The mine areas of Khazad-dûm were interlaced with the city spaces, but spread also westward towards the doors of Durin. The mines ran deeper and further than any other tunnels within Khazad-dûm, and it's possible that more of the lower deeps were given over to mining, although this is only conjecture. The defined change between mines and city can be seen when the Fellowship passes through Moria. There is a marked difference between the early passages in chambers and those of the city structures illuminated by Gandalf. 
Far below Moria, there are abysses, spaces, and tunnels not known to even by the dwarves, but known by the Belrog. Unknown beings gnaw at the earth and make them far from the knowledge of any lore. The name Moria is composed of Sindarin elements, Mor, black or dark, and Ia, meaning void or abyss. Kazadum was so-called in Sindarin by the Gwaith Mirdane, as for them it was but a dark chasm. Although the dwarves considered it a derogatory name, Celebrimbor went as far to write the name Moria on the west gate. The name Kazadum in Kuzdul means dwarves' mansion, Kazad being the plural of Kuzd meaning dwarves, while Doom, or possibly rather Tomb, a word for excavation, hall, or mansion. The elves translate it as Kasarondo, Quenya, name given by the Noldor, or Hadhadrond in Sundaran. The word Hadhadrond is composed of the elements Hadhad, an attempt by the elves to render Kazad, the dwarves' name for their own kind, into elvish sounds, plus Rond, meaning cavern. Furanargian, meaning Dwarodelf, or Dwarf Delving, was the Westron was the Westron name for Kazadum. The word derives from the root fur to delve and narg dwarf. And there you have it, the history of the mines of Moria. Now, if anyone here plays Lord of the Rings online as well, you will be familiar with the mines of Moria in that game, but for those who don't, here are some information that you might find fascinating. The Mines of Moria was the first major expansion of the game, Lord of the Rings Online, released in November 2008. Almost the entirety of Moria in, is in the present game, with players able to freely journey from Westgate to Eastgate and from the cliffs of Zaraxigal to the very foundations of stone where nameless things dwell. Moria is divided into several major sub-areas depicted on the map you have in-game. The Great Delving lies directly next to the Westgate and links ancient dwarf mines to palaces, academies, and foundries founded during Khazad-dûm's glory days. Durin's Way is the area where, according to legend, Durin himself first braved the mines before bringing his folk in there. Zelomelech is home to both numerous orc encampments and the famed 21st Hall. Silvertine Lodes refers to the mining area located directly under Silvertine, much like the Redhorn Lodes, or a mining area under the peaks of Redhorn. The Waterworks hosts both large underground lake and an ancient dwarf, dwarven gears, wheels, and devices that delivered the fresh water throughout the whole kingdom at one point in time. The Flaming Deeps is an area that reeks with fire and where few could survive for long. It appears that Durin's Bane resided there following his reawakening. Nudmelik mostly consists of the second hall and the first hall. The foundations of stone are located below the deepest delvings of the dwarves. No light has ever shined there, and as Gandalf recounted, nameless creatures older than the world gnaw at the roots of the mountains. So for those who have never played Lord of the Rings Online, I highly suggest it. It is super fun and it only gets more fun as you level up and can explore more and do more. Um, 
you're kind of limited on where you can start. But basically, you choose your race and what kind uh, you want your kind of origins to be. So, for example, if you want to be an elf, you can choose an elf, and then you can choose whether you want to be from like Mirkwood, Lothlorien, uh, the Blue Mountains, or wherever. There's all sorts of different options. And same with uh, the race of men. Uh, you basically choose and create your own background and lore. And then they drop you into Middle Earth, depending on your race, depends on where you kind of start in Middle Earth. And like, for example, if you're a hobbit, you start in the Shire. If you're a man, you start in Bree, I believe. And then it kind of goes from there. And they have tons of races, good and bad. Um, other creatures like Bayorning is an option. And then you're basically free to explore any and everywhere in Middle Earth. Every little building, person, everything is there, and you create your own little person. Just kind of level up, complete the main quests and side quests, and get lost in the world. And it's a ton of fun, and only gets again more fun as the more you play, because you're able to actually fight off more and can do more things. Anyway, if you do want more content, feel free to follow our Facebook page, History of Middle Earth Podcast. We also have a website, ministeryeartharchives.com. We have a Instagram, History of Middle Earth Pod, where we post some funny memes, some random things that may not be on our Facebook page. And be sure to check out our store at tpublic.com. Just go ahead and search History of Middle Earth Podcast. That should bring up uh, any of our options. And I know a couple of people have already brought bought masks with the cool shards of Narsil on it and a Tolkien quote overlaid. If you have any questions, feel free to send them to our Facebook page or our email at ministeryeartharchives at gmail.com and we will get those answered on a following episode. Thank you all so much for listening and I hope to see you back next time. Until then, I'm your host Phil and you're listening to the History of Middle Earth Podcast. <laughs>